a monster under my bed and at my window there's a dragon I accepted the challenge and turned me into a savage I broke a promise to myself again I don't know why I am so vulnerable They try to help but I won't let them in I guess rock bottom's where I'm comfortable Both my feet planted when most people would have panicked I embraced the storm, I found beauty in what was damaged Hey, Raymond, how are we doing? Good. Oh, well, we, yeah, area. We don't have a fat fuck segment this week. No. But I was thinking to myself, who has a better job on this planet than Guy Fieri? He does have a He makes awesome millions. Job. He makes millions going to places. He doesn't even critique the food. He just eats with what's the best thing on their menu mm -hmm. and travels the country and makes millions of dollars and gives and gives promotions to these little uh, companies yep yeah. it's pretty awesome if you think about it adam richman we talked about yep. him before he i think he's that. uh yeah he uh he had to go through all the pain of eating that shit though yeah fast that's uh that's difficult yep. guy fieri doesn't have a time clock nor does he just eat spicy food for the fuck of it yeah <laughs> I love the Food Network shows. I love shows like that. There's a show. You ever watch um, Carnival Eats? You ever see that show? Oh, yeah. This one guy goes goes around the carnival and tries out all the carnival food in different carnivals yep. around the country. That show is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that one. Awesome. Is that and, on uh, Max? Yep. Uh, yes, that is on there. Okay. And I think um, Triple D is on Max also. It's on Discovery Plus. I know that. Yes, that's definitely on there. All seasons of that. Um, yep. Man vs. Food isn't, though. Um, yeah, a little bit of follow-up. I did go through the Discovery list last week when Discovery changed, or when HBO turned to Max. Um, and supposedly, a lot of the content from Discovery was supposed to move over to Max. Um, there were a few that weren't. Um, but the big ones, Alton Brown's um, show that he has on there. Uh, there's a lot of the cooking shows that are popular on there. Um, the one I didn't look at was um, Chopped. I know that's huge right now on Food Network. I'm not sure if that moved over or not. But, um, but like, yeah. Banner's Ribbons and Dives are on there. So there's a whole bunch of shit. That's awesome, because uh, uh, those shows I love to watch, and you can throw them on anytime. Well, that was and, the best uh, part. Get yeah, inspiration that, for cooking stuff yourself if you want. That was the best part of the Discovery Plus, is it had all, not not just a, a couple here and there, but it had every single series that's ever been on Food Network on there, in, in, a, in a streaming way. Um, yes. Not only there, but it had, like, DIY and, and HGTV too, yep. but the Food Network stuff, stuff from back in the day, Unwrapped that is on Max. I did check that with uh, Mark Summers. Uh, Unwrapped is on there. Not the not the one. That with, was a good uh, show, wasn't that the uh, the show about candies? Uh, it's the one where well, it's, it's candies and and snacks and stuff where he yeah, goes yeah, yeah. And, and he. And, I just remember seeing a few making, episodes about candy. Yeah, the show the making of that stuff. That's a great show too. But, he just um, came to the Goldenrod. Well, it was more it was more of like name brand stuff like they would show you right. how a Pepsi was made or how right. a, uh, Hershey's how a candy bar kiss or something. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. I love that. Um What we watched this week. That's where we're gonna start. We just got out of the movies an hour ago. Uh quick reactions to Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh I will let you start this one, Kevin. What what would you two give words. this a two word reaction? Pretty pastels. Yep. Nice. There's a water. lot of pastels. Nice watercolors. <laughs> yep. I did love it though. Um, we'll get into the full review at the end. Um, lots of spoilers. Lots of notes that I just came up with about 20 minutes ago. So. Because we literally walked out of theater an hour ago. Yep. Exactly we... an hour ago. Yep. So we will do do our best. Probably return next week with some more news and uh, notes on it and. Um, I know last night it did 17 million just in previews alone. I think it's the biggest animated preview night ever of an animated film. So that or what did Super Mario do? It was it was more than Super Mario. I knew that it was okay. It, it was the best. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, spoiler spoiler bound. Um, so let's get into what I watched this week. What Kevin hasn't had time to watch. Ted Lasso's uh, season three. Yep. Finale. Yeah, 
Well, this gives me an excuse next week to play that theme again because we're probably not going to cover much. I will say this. Yeah, you Shh. put all the spoilers in the notes, you fuck. <laughs> Can you go ahead and not do that until the day we record from now on? That'd be terrific. Well, how the hell am I supposed to make notes when I'm watching it, Kevin? Uh, on the notes app. Just like you do, and then you transfer it over with a copy and paste. Spoilers. It is awesome. And we will get to it next week with full spoilers and probably talk about the whole season and the whole show in general. Speculate about if we could continue later on. Um, we'll see. Yep. But we'll talk a lot about, of rumors about that, but we'll talk about it yep, when we get lo- there. Lots of rumors, especially once you see the episode, you'll see those rumors. Um, platonic. Or openings. Ep- yes, openings. Yes, openings for continuation. Gotcha. Platonic episode four. Uh, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, continuing to be a good comedy show. We mentioned it last week. Apple TV does a great job with these comedies. Um, looking forward to this every single week. Um, not not on the same level as uh, Shrinking or Ted Lasso, but um, this is a good Seth Rogen rom-com type of deal. You kind of have a feeling that these two are going to eventually hook up. If you like early up. Seth Rogen, it's probably good, right? Like yeah. if you like like 40-year-old version yeah. type or like... Uh... What was that? Those other ones he did back then, but early oh, yeah. Seth Rogen stuff. Four-year-old version, like. um, Knocked Up. Um, knocked Up is what I was trying to think Pineapple of. Yeah, Express. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. Um, even Zack and Mary. I mean, Christ, that was yep. a great movie, too. But that that was, movie is fucking amazing. Yep. Um, another thing you haven't watched yet, but I'm going to just briefly mention it. Dark Side yeah. of the Ring, Season and 4 I don't returns. really need spoilers on this, because I know and the you know, story, and you know I the cannot story. wait to watch it tonight. It's Sonny and Chris Candido. Uh, it's... A pretty tragic story on his end. I wasn't sure how he passed away. It wasn't a drug overdose. It was it was a blood clot. I forgot. I, yep. I remembered after I saw it. He was on an airplane after a surgery. He was told not to be on an airplane after a surgery. Yep. Um, it was right after a. Shit. Yep. It was right after a TNA show. He was flying back home. I think. Um, he ended up having a really bad blood clot. Went into his lungs. Had pneumonia and died. And uh, he had just gotten he just gotten off of drugs. He was he was clean again. Um, they were they showed some footage of him doing indie doing the indie circuit before he went on in TNA. He had a pudgy, pudgy belly. He was <clears throat> he was drowsy. He was out of it when he was wrestling. This is this is a couple years before before he died. And then they showed him in, and they showed him in his TNA when he was wrestling in TNA right before he died. And uh, where he got injured in the ring, where he got the where he ended up getting the uh, blood clot and the surgery, um, and, he, and he looked just like he did in the '90s. He he was just back back to where he was before. Um, and then the the Sunny story. We all know if you're a wrestling fan, you know Sunny back in the day in the '90s. She was a sex symbol. She was a, a most downloaded woman on AOL or some bullshit. Yep. Like that. They when AOL count. first came out in '96. And she and she has a pretty tragic tragic story of her own, where she, <laughs> I mean Kevin knows she was a, she went downhill, she, became yeah, wasn't a. Wasn't she like renting herself out at one point? Yeah, she was. By the way, that's not a sound event. Kevin's dealing with a thunderstorm right now. It's pretty fucking yeah. loud. So if if we lose Kevin, time. we may pause and come back. But <laughs> but yeah, Sunny, she she ended up going like she was going on online and doing these sex things like on the on um on sex chats and stuff but it was a live it was like pre only fans yeah yeah pretty much yeah it was it was pre only fans but it was sunny and uh you pay like a thousand dollars to lay in bed with her or something and watch her do stuff on camera too i remember that was one of the things and she does not look like the sunny of our day back when we were kids she looks like uh the sun fell and landed on her face really hard but yeah, she yeah she's in jail now because she they did mention that in the show that she uh, she was drunk driving without a license, rammed into a seventy five year old lady and ended up killing her. So yeah, she is in jail and probably for the rest of her life or at least for the next fifteen or twenty years. That's yeah, a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame. A lot of wrestlers back in the day they have bad tra- tragic stories. It's just it's just the way it was. Um, they talked a lot about somas and how they were addicted to them in the nineties. Um, because of the yep. pain, they were putting their bodies through a lot of a lot of pain, and Chris Candido was one of the one of the, they talked about how he was on somas and he was eating them like M and M's pretty much. Um, he finally got off of them and he, he did look good, and then all of a sudden, it just one injury fucked everything up for him. 
Cue the thunder. <laughs> That's a pretty bad storm. I, I was driving home from the movie theater. It was pretty bad. Um, yep. The other thing I watched this week, mentioned it last week, the Jelly Roll documentary on Hulu. Now you don't know a lot about him. I know you've seen him. I know you know what he looks like. I know you're not too much into country music. Um, but I do recommend if you like the making of any kind of music whatsoever and, and getting a good backstory on this guy, it's a good documentary. It's only an hour and a half. It's on Hulu. Um, he was a husky kid. He ends up going to a juvenile delinquent uh, to a center. Um, lives there. Ends up going to jail after that. Becomes a crack dealer. Goes to jail. Um, and he goes out on parole, goes back to jail again, ends up having a kid and it changes his whole life. Um, he goes to hip hop just to try to make a living, try to make it for his, for his, uh, for his little, little daughter. Um, and, and then he goes to hip hop. He has a couple of songs, not too popular, not too mainstream. He had one with, that I played at the beginning of the show with, uh, with Tech 9 Um, but. Most successful went, independent rap rapper in the world. Yep. That guy works yep. like 700 days a year. Yep. He tours everywhere. Um, but he decided, because he's a good singer, he's a pretty good singer, he decided to go country. And that's basically what this documentary is about him, going from hip-hop to country um, and and writing the songs and seeing his writing process and bringing writers in to help him. It was amazing. Um, it was a great documentary for that. Um, I do recommend that quite a bit. Um Old school country, the music lovers hate him. They hate his rise. They hate the, what he represents. Um, new school, old school, dirt rockers fucking love him. Um, it's amazing. It's just an amazing showcase. What they showed a they showed a scene of him performing live, um, and uh, his at his hometown show. Um, it was opened by Michael Buffer back in the day. WCW Michael Buffer and uh, boxing's UFC Michael, Michael Buffer. Buffer. UFC yep. is Michael Buffer. Oh, that isn't his brother uh, UFC. Oh, it's his. Uh, yeah, it's his brother's UFC. Yeah. he yeah, was but, boxing. Yep. But he, he's got I the less. I think less he's, he might have done some early UFC stuff, but I'm not sure. Right, and he's, and, he, and he's copyrighted the Let's Get Ready to Rumble, so nobody mm -hmm. else can use it except for him. Um, but yeah, but seeing him with his fans, it's a it looks like a religious experience. It was just a really good documentary. Um, and I like the building. Uh, they showed him building a song from its inf infancy to vocalizing over random guitar riffs, um, recording process with a background with a background choir. I liked it a lot. Um, so, do recommend that. I also recommend another uh, documentary, Louis Capaldi. Um, mentioned him. He's a British singer. Kind of reminds me of Ed Sheeran. Uh, that was on Netflix. That's a pretty good documentary, too. Um, he has a lot of mental health struggles, uh, panic attacks. He has this nervous twitch that he developed because because of um, just the nervousness of being on stage. Uh, he's, he's like 25, 26 years old. Um, he has a couple of good songs out there. So check that out. It's on Netflix as well. Last weekend, as the thunder rolls, I went to the movies, saw two movies in one day. First up, I saw The Machine, Burt Kreischer's movie. This movie was awesome. I'm a huge Burt Kreischer fan. For somebody who's not a fan of him, I could see you not getting some of the jokes or getting his style. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you would think of this movie if you saw it. But well, I like Burt Kreischer. So have you seen Have you seen any of his um, comedy specials and stuff? I've seen a few of them. I've I've listened to him on podcasts and stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a right. good friend with uh, he's a good friend of Christian Harloff. They started doing comedy together, yep. and he always tells stories about Harloff. And he refuses to come on Harloff's podcast, or they haven't been able to get him on. They're talking about that, but I do want to see this movie when I'm able to. Just yeah, time is a little bit time's yeah. a little bit uh, tight right now. Yep, awesome movie though. Um, he was on Drink Champs today. I listened to the whole entire thing on the way home from work. It's a good podcast. Him on Drink Champs. I recommend that this week. If anybody listens to any recommendations I have this week, listen to that. It's on, uh, it's on uh, on any podcast platform you have. Wherever you get this, you can get it on there. Drink champs with Nori, Nori, Nori. Um, yeah, great with Bert. It was awesome this week. They both get drunk. By the end of it, he was so drunk I thought he was going to say something racially, <laughs> racially uh, <laughs> not right. It probably get his ass beat, but you know, it was funny as hell. Um, but anyway, the movie The Machine, uh, origin of the story. They showed the machine story. I don't know if you saw the uh, machine story on Netflix on uh, 
Facebook or not, the whole entire uh, story. It's like a 12-minute story he tells about it. I Being stuck in Russia. Recommend that. I recommend you, as an introduction to this movie, go on Facebook, watch that 12-minute introduction to the machine. Um, where that story came from, going on Rogan, telling that story, and, and then him getting a Netflix deal from that story, from telling it on stage and it going viral on Facebook... Ended up getting a movie deal from it, and he went viral just with him doing all the podcast shit that he does. But uh, this is the follow-up to what happens 30 years after the the machine story. The machine story is basically he went to Russia when he was in college, and he helped the Russian mob rob a train of his of his fellow classmates. <laughs> and 30 years later, the machine, the movie, picks up. Um, in the movie, Mark Hamill plays his father, and 30 years later, the Russian mob is looking for something that he stole on the train when he decided to help these mobsters rob it. And that's basically what the whole premise of the movie is. Um, I'm not giving you anything. It's in the trailer. but um, He's an incredible storyteller in general. Um, it, sh- it shows in his comedy specials. Um, and his stand-up is made of basically just stories rather than just punchline jokes, um, which is great. He's a great storyteller. Um, and this gives an, the action comedy genre in the movies the awakening that it needed in Hollywood. Um, it hasn't had a we haven't had a real good action comedy in a while. Besides something that The Rock would come out with, and I have feelings about that. I, I don't like The Rock that much, but um, yeah, like I mentioned, fans of his comedy will love it. Casual moviegoers might not. Um, probably won't get some of it. So, although I did love it. This movie, the next movie I saw after, The Little Mermaid. I don't know why Disney has to remake shit. Especially this live action shit. I love The Little Mermaid. I I think I may have talked about it on the podcast. First movie I ever saw in the movie theater, the animated one. Um, So I have a little bit of nostalgia feel to it. And on paper, it looks like it could be a good movie. Um, I will say Halle Berry... Haley Berry, whatever her name is, she plays Ariel in this. She did a spot-on great job. Um, the anima- uh, animation style choices of the animals, they changed the setting to being like the, Carib- the Caribbean to like a Caribbean feel. So all of the animals were changed. Um, Scuttle, the seagull, was changed to a bird that can go underwater that's from the Caribbean era, like area somewhere down there. Um, so the bird can go underwater and catch fish and shit. It was just weird, and, and not to mention that, but Aquafina did the voice of her, and I hate Aquafina. <laughs> so, so that's already that's already a negative on my list. Um, the other negative thing I have on my list, one of my favorite parts of the original Little Mermaid, was the whole chef scene, the French chef scene in Les Poissons, completely ignored in this movie. There was it went right from Ursula. To Ursula taking going into the ocean, turning into a big giant squid. There was no there's no big dinner. There was no chef taking this dinner and chasing Sebastian around, which Sebastian looked weird in this too. But like I mentioned, all the animal shit was weird. Um, but most of the iconic songs were recreated spot on. I mean, you can't really fuck those songs up. Um, I like the guy who plays Sebastian. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later, but he was also in Hamilton. Um, Debbie D- D- Diggs. But overall, movie was okay. Um, what are you gonna say? These live action movies. What's from, uh? What's your favorite live action Disney movie? Uh, from, from what I've seen, I liked Beauty and the Beast. I, I liked I liked it because Beauty and the Beast was, is okay, and uh, Jungle Book was good. that that was the okay. Favreau one. Yeah, that was okay. That looked good. Um, I'll tell you right now, Pete's Dragon. I love the original Pete's Dragon. Probably right up there with Mary Poppins for me when I was a kid, and even now. I love Peace Dragon. Um, the Peace Dragon uh, piece of shit that came out five years ago or six years ago, whenever it came out with Bryce Dallas Howard, that was god awful. And it was. Didn't even know that existed. Yeah, Didn't it was even bad. know it existed. <laughs> it was horrible. It was really bad. And I, I hear Dumbo and Pinocchio are pretty bad too, and I, I never watched them. Dumbo's I do like, trash. I do uh, like Pinocchio. Pinocchio was trash. I, I liked like the Del Toro's B- Pinocchio, but the yeah. Tom Hanks one was garbage. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's why I haven't watched it. 
Um, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, I hear how bad they are. And I wanted to see Little Mermaid, so I wasn't going to let the reviews get to me. But, yeah, it's... It's, it's pretty much what everyone's saying. Yeah, it's, it's about 50, I've also 50. heard the uh, underwater stuff. It just looks like they're, they just put the water over yep. them. Like, it looks like you can see, like, makeup on their faces. Just, and it doesn't really look, like, underwatery. Especially after like seeing Avatar a few months ago. It looks yeah. like they're in a sound stage, and they're, it looks like they're in a sound stage, and yep. the water, you can see the water ripples around them, and that's it. It's, it doesn't look real. Yep. It doesn't look realistic. But what are you going to get? It's a Disney. They're trying to get as much money from the RIP that they have, and that's that's what they do. So, Right. And they're going back to the uh, the well, because yeah. now the kids that grew up on that are parents, and so they're trying to bring their kids, get them back to the theater with their kids. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's all, that's all I'll say about that. Um you want to see it if you if you like nostalgia go go see it it's good to see in the theater i will say that um i'll see you when it's on plus probably yeah i don't you, have it, time you, right now <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a nice enough tv where you'll get you'll get the yeah. gist of it um yeah. so we mentioned last week as we were leaving it was a good idea that we watch all of the indiana jones movies before the last one in the end of the month um and we did we watched uh raiders of the lost ark and we're gonna give it a proper pineapple score um, this movie's so awesome. The movie is. It's just every action movie that came out after this copied this. Yeah. Not, not copied ever. Not everything, but copied the style of how how a movie tells a story from the very beginning to the end, um, and these and these stakes that are going to be told throughout it, and how those stakes are going to be the ending of the movie. So it's just it's just a, such an incredible movie. Starting off with. John Williams' epic orchestral score. This is him right after Star Wars, like the next year after Star Wars. Um, it's an instant iconic theme. Of course, I didn't get it ready for the podcast, but you know the theme. Da 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 da. da. Yep. It's awesome. Um, just the, just the theme throughout. Not just that theme song, but the music playing throughout was great. Um, of course, if you've never seen the movie, I, how dare you? Number one. But it's, a, it's based off the pulp serials of the 1930s and 40s that were yep. on radio and television. I think in movie theaters, too, they had the pulp serials, too. But they were yeah. basically movie serials. Even Star Wars was based off of that, too, right? Yep. It was kind Yeah, of I like mean, George re- Lucas back then was basically yeah. just redoing was, what he grew up yeah. on. He it's, did Star yeah. Wars because he couldn't get the rights of Flash Gordon, so... Right. And, and it was basically based off of that, where it was telling a story, a, a story of the week type of deal... Um, and it was created by George Lucas in the early 1970s. Um, it was written by Lawrence Kasdan, who later partnered with Lucas on Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, and it was directed by Spielberg after a pitch Lucas gave to him in 1977. Um, after he had done the original Star Wars, the project automatically got greenlit because of this huge success of had. Um, so they pretty much gave George Lucas any, anything that he wanted to do. They just gave him reins to do so. He gave the script to Spielberg. He agreed to do it, and we have what we have. Um, they cast Harrison Ford in the role. I know originally I didn't put it in the notes, but they wanted to have Tom Selleck play him. Did you remember yep. hearing that before? Yes, I was actually going to bring that up later when we discussed The Flash, um, so remind me to do that because okay. um, I think there's a tie into that, um, but go on. Yep. Um, set in 1936, uh, very beginning, very icon- iconic scene of Indy going into a cave. Um, and in this cave, he's stealing a monkey idol. And Alfred Molina, who is Doc Ock in the original, in the, in yep. the second Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, has a very quick scene in this where he's one of the people that are kind of following yeah. Indy into this I had cave. no idea until I watched it this time. I don't think oh, I've sure. watched these movies since Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so I haven't watched them since DVD days. 15, year, 15 um, years ago. So, so yeah. Because yeah. um, I watched them leading up to that. And uh, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Alfred Molina uh, doesn't last long, but he is in there. Um, and this is also the whole rolling boulder boulder scene, which is pretty iconic for everything you think of Indiana Jones. You think of the rolling boulder being chased out of the uh, cave in the rolling boulder, and I know they did it in the they did it in the theme parks too. They had an Indiana Jones uh, theme, not ride, but it was like a live action show where they had the the very end. They had the boulder come out. Um, uh, Yet Marion. Who was a girl that he that he uh, kind of was lusting with? Not not ne- not uh, not in love, lusting over. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, John Reese Davies as Sala. Um, he's in a, he's in another one of the movies too. I think he's in 
Last Crusade, maybe? I don't know. We'll get to him later. But he was also in Lord of the Rings. He played Gimli, the, the dwarf. Um, Dark, uh, Dr. Marcus Brody, he, he's in all three of the first ones, I believe. Um, and this movie is basically all about the Ark of the Covenant. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Ark of the Covenant, um, I know you're a religious person. Grew up religious um, in, in Catholic Church. Uh, Ark of the Covenant um, being the... Remain, it's supposed to be the remains of Jesus, correct? Or is that what? What, what, what is I the Ark of the Covenant? I think so. I don't really. I, know. I, am, I have no idea, but it's 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 based off of real, true myth mythology, um, and it and it was based in Nazi the Nazi regime trying to find this Ark because it was supposed to give them immense power to any army who took took hold of the Ark. Um, and this is based off a true obsession that Hitler had with the occult back in the 1930s, 1940s. Um, it's not the first time this is ever ever talked about, and it was it won't be the last either because there's a lot of movies after this. I know Hellboy did it too, um, talking about Hitler's obsession with the occult, uh, with sci-fi, with uh, supernatural, trying to get a win over the war. That's <laughs> um, just crazy. Um, the bad guy in this kind of a and kind of the opposite of Indiana Jones, uh, a rich guy named Belloc, um, working for the Nazis to try to try to find it before Indy does to for 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 Hitler. Um, Indy's trying to Indy works at a school at a college. He's a professor, and he's trying to get them for his uh, for his museum rather than for monetary value. Um, but Belloc, he works for the Nazis. There's a lot of Nazi German uh, henchmen. Um, there's a menacing lead Nazi with glasses and a trench coat. I don't remember his name, but at the very end, his face melts when the Ark is open. Um, and like they mentioned the ending. Uh, the Ark gets open, and everybody, except for Indy, because he doesn't open his eyes, their face melts and they, and they die. Um, and the Ark's whereabouts after um, kind of goes into this big, huge warehouse... And it goes into a crate in this big, huge warehouse. And later on, it's retconned in the fourth film of where the Ark is and what happens. Um, it was a $20 million budget. Ended up making $330 million um, overall. Of course, probably not including inflation. And uh, just a nonstop action adventure. Lots of legacy to this. Um, spun into an entire new profitable genre. Um, a genre that's been copied and duplicated so many times for decades and decades so far. Um, it's just an amazing movie. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Any notes on there? Anything you can think of? Nope, you pretty much hit it. What do you give it a first score? For me, this is a four and a half overall. Um, it is a great fucking movie. Uh, rewatchable. I watch this at least every five years. Maybe even less than that every five years probably though at least um it's just a great movie i watched I watch it, it about every 15 yeah i watched it late in life the first time i watched it was probably in like 2004 i didn't watch really? it yeah i so I, you I, first time you saw it was dvd right yep i uh i bought the dvds used at a place I was down the, yeah yep i bought them down in florida used and we ended up watching all four all all, all wow. three that's incredible knowing you grew up on star wars I grew and I got into Star Wars late too, and I didn't get into Star Wars till the special editions. So, oh was, yeah, true. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's a four and a half um, all day. Um, excellent movie. Um, I kind of I grew up on this and Star Wars. Um, I was introduced to this through uh, friends of the family who have like three grown boys, and I was the only boy in my family, so they were introducing me to shit like that I should be watching as a man, um, as opposed to my sisters. Tom Cruise collection from the 80s. Uh, but Tom Cruise did have some great movies in the 80s. But um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie, and it's just enjoyable throughout every time you watch it. Um, definitely a four and a half. Um, I've always liked the third one the most. We'll see if that changes since I haven't seen them for so long. Um, just because I absolutely love Sean Connery and his dynamic and how they interact with each other. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch the rest of them going forward. And especially yeah. to see if my feelings change on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because that pretty much killed my love of Indiana Jones when that came out in 2009. 
Yeah, I can't. Wait, I, I can't wait to. I can't wait to watch that again because I really do like that movie. I really do like that movie, and I was shocked when I was the one man out of people <laughs> liking that movie and hearing the the results of everybody after they saw it and hearing the outcry of how bad Indiana Jones got because George Lucas wrote this. But yeah, we'll see. We got a couple more weeks till we get there. But that's it for that, and let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment without the trailer roundup. Hidden Strike, movie I never heard about, never knew I wanted to hear about, and I still don't want to hear about it. Starring John is Cena. This, I was gonna say, is this the John Cena one you tagged me in? John Cena and Jackie Chan, of all people, who came out of yes. retirement, sort of retirement for this. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking mess. John Cena doing John Cena stuff just now with Jackie Chan. It looks like. Yeah, and Jackie Chan looks, doing um, ja- Jackie Chan okay. stuff without Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically what it was. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it looks like a mess. I just wanted to bring it up because it looks the trailer looks horrible. Um, yes. Good trailer that came out, though. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, looks good. Direct, uh, created, not created, produced by Seth Rogen. Um, he's, in the, he's in the voice cast as well. Um, this trailer looked pretty good. I, I don't know about the... I, I'm not big on this type of animation besides the Spider-Man stuff, which is pretty good. I don't like well, the I mean, way they copied They copied it. the Spider-Man stuff. Um, I don't think this movie looks good at all. I don't know. Awful. I, 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 I would hope that they would do justice to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but... I think it will if Seth Rogen's involved. But yeah. I just don't like the way it looks right now, but yeah. I'll see it when it comes out and judge for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to judge things off trailers because yeah. I've seen great trailers lead to shitty movies and yeah. shitty trailers lead to great movies. So yeah. can't really judge too much off a trailer. And it was announced that Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and Atticus Ross, who did um, Social Network. What else did they do? They did a bunch of... I think they Reznor's done a ton. Right. Yeah. But they're doing the music for the scoring for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So didn't want to bring that up. And late breaking news on <sighs> Kevin's front this week. Uh, it's very sad. And of course, there's... How do I say goodbye to what we had? The good time All those years of... All those years of... Torrenting. Acquiring stuff. Stealing shit R- on the internet, R-A- getting viruses. R- BG. No, this is that's why this site was the best. Um, no viruses ever, ever. They scanned every file that is on it. They don't allow viruses. Everything was quick, easy. Now they don't. Go into the main page. They would have the last ten releases. So you, all you do is check the main page. It was easy. It was quick. You could acquire things easily. It was. It's going to be a tough, tough go of it because now it's like Pirates Bay. Like, for instance, with Pirates Bay, two weeks after Black Adam dropped, they had a file labeled Black Adam uh, 1080p, blah, 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 and it was just a cam with Chinese subtitles. Um, RARBG never did that shit. Um, Everything was right with them. They're, of course, based out of the Ukraine, Mm. and apparently part of the issue is a lot of the people that work for them got sick with COVID and are also fighting in the war uh, yeah. that's currently going on over there. Um, and also, everything in Europe got jacked up because of this uh, Ukraine deal. So it had to do with how much money it was costing them to run the site. And uh, they just couldn't do it anymore. And it's a sad day. Hopefully somebody will pick up the baton and keep this journey going. But as of right now, every file is off that site. You can't wow. get them anymore. Um, they deleted, literally deleted everything. Um, so, yeah. Tough times. Tough, tough times. R.A.P. to Torrance. R.A.R.B.G. Now it's back to the Pirates <laughs> Bay, I guess. I gave up on that a long time ago when I ruined computers because of the viruses. Yeah, well, I, you don't do that anymore. You can't, I, it do, you can't get viruses anymore, for the most part. That's why I'm a little nervous about going back to 
All right, going back to the bay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah that site was awesome. <sighs> so, after after we pour out pour one out for that, let's get into the rest of the news. Little Mermaid last week won the box office with ninety five point five million dollars just in the weekend. Memorial Day weekend it got one hundred twenty one million. So it was pretty big last weekend. Uh, Fast X did twenty eight million, and Guardians was number three at twenty six. Bert's, Bert's movie only did ten, but I mean, it's a comedy, it's a theater. Um, people know it's, it's going to go to Netflix. Right? Yep, it's R rated. Yeah, so. people people know it's going to be going to our, uh, Netflix fairly soon. So uh, I, I'm sure, something like you, they're going to wait until it comes out and see it. So um, Super Mario Brothers last weekend, however. Um, jumped past Frozen to become the second biggest animated feature film of all time, right behind uh, Frozen 2, which was number one. Um, I'm not sure if it'll get there or not, just because it's kind of winding down the theatrical it, run. And it's it, already on video, so. And it's on video. Do you see how much it is on iTunes? It's $30 on iTunes. Right I know, because it's, yeah, because of, uh, Fuckers. it's still in the theater. So I would have bought that's how much it is. Yeah. So. If it but was yeah. twenty, it would be worth buying. But yeah, yeah, still doing Gangbusters. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, up until today, it was one of my favorites of the year. But we'll talk about yep. that at the end. Um, late breaking news yesterday: um, The Rock decided to go on all of his social medias and announced that he was going to be doing a spinoff of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Again, bringing bringing back a character that he played before in Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Hobbs, but without Shaw, just with his own little spinoff, just for himself, by himself. Um, and it's supposed to be a setup. It's supposed to set up the next Fast movie that comes out, uh, Fast X Part Two, whatever Two? the hell it is. Yeah. Yep. I heard but, the rumor originally was that he was going to do his movie because they all of a sudden out of nowhere were like, no. Fast X was originally going to be two parts, and then they said, like, right before it came out, it's going to be three parts. So the rumor originally was that the middle part would be Hobbs coming back, and then he would be in the last Fast and the Furious movie. Okay. Um, but I don't know if Fast X is still going to be three parts, and this is one of them, or if this is completely different, and he'll just be in Fast X 2. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I think he's probably the second best character in the Fast series behind Paul Walker. And yeah, you told me that. Maybe Han. I like Han a lot. Um, yeah, me too. But I liked him. but the but five uh, Fast Five was when he came in, and yeah. Fast Five is by far the best one of the series. I had a hard time getting through four. That's why I haven't watched five yet. Yeah, remember I was gonna try to watch it before this movie came out, like last two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get through. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to, but I'd rather I'd rather watch the um, Mission Impossible possible movies which we'll be doing soon which we will be doing soon I'm looking forward to that so yeah so. um Terrifier 3 I know you watched the first two last year Art the Clown yes. um officially announced a sequel for the third one um I I have no interest in that I'm sure you're going to be making me watch it at some point in, I'll be in watching October. it uh, maybe maybe October we'll see but yeah. you'd have to see the other two and I don't want to make you go through that Terrifier 1 was eh uh, Terrifier 2 I really enjoyed, plus it had uh, Chris Jericho in it. Um, yeah, I heard that. So, Terrifier 3 I'm on board for. It's just going to be a bloody mess. And I just... The way he plays Art the Clown is uh, brilliant. Um, he is really, really good, whoever the actor is. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, I'm going to skip that because we haven't watched Ted Lasso yet. Um... HBO Max, or Max, just removed tons of episodes of Impractical Jokers. Um, yes. They had, I think they had almost 200 and something episodes. They removed 100 of them. Um, yeah, they're, so they're they're trying to cut costs, cut cut deals, cut residuals. Well, they want to cut residuals mostly, yeah. Yeah. Which aren't even that much for each show, but they add up quickly. Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Officially rated R. His uh, very first, not his, not his very first. His first since Insomnia in two thousand and two. Um, yep. And then a little bit of information: um, the IMAX film prints are eleven miles long and weigh six hundred pounds. So <laughs> this is going to be a huge, huge movie. Um, yes. All filmed on IMAX, of course. That's why. So um, I don't know if you heard about this, but a man robbed a convenience store with a duck hunt. 
pistol. Did you hear about that? Yes, I saw it on the memes page we're a part of. Yep. Um, <laughs> I believe it was in North Carolina or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. Um, he goes into a convenience store. He ends up he ends up getting cops getting called. They chase him around and they find him with this stuck in his pants, a old zapper from Duck Hunt, the original NES. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about um, that '90s show not too long ago, a few months back. Talked about the one uh, um, a mission a mission from that show was Danny Masterson's hide. Well. It's because he was just convicted of two counts of forcible rape, faces 30 years in prison for being a Scientologist who likes to have people cover up his tracks or try to and harass these uh, people that are trying to defend themselves in court. Um, and the court did the rightful thing. I think this was a retrial, too. I think this was an appeal. Because um, I think he got off the first time, and this is an appeal that um, he actually ended up not getting off the second time. And he's going to try to appeal it again, I'm sure. But, oh, well, yeah, what a mess for this guy. And hearing the stories yeah. of how Scientology fucked everything up as well. Um, yep. I know, I don't know if you've heard any of the stories, but they were literally going, calling up the people that were defendants in the case and harassing them to get them to drop the charges. So they're actually, I think they filed yesterday or today, it must have been yesterday, um, civil, a civil lawsuit against the Church of Scientology for that. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes. He, he faces anywhere from 30, to 30 years to life in prison, so we'll see. Um, Flash comes out in a couple weeks. We're going to be watching it. Um, yep. the, the director says Ezra Miller shouldn't be replaced if there's ever a sequel. Um I don't think there's anyone that can play that character as well as they did, is what he said. So, Yes. Um, bring up the Tom Selleck, Indiana Jones thing. Yep. Um, I'm sure Tom Selleck would have done a great job. He was a very good actor back then. Yep. Um, but then we got Harrison Ford. Yep. Um, you never know who can do what until they're cast. Um, so I think Ezra looks like he does a great job. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, sorry, they do a great job. Don't get me wrong on that. Uh but there's always another actor that can be just as good or better um, out there. Um, and also, Andy Muschietti should probably do the Batman movie for James Gunn. Because mm. he was asked about that. And he sounded like... he's The way he set, answered the question, it sounded like uh, he's had talks about that, that directing job, that gig. And uh, he's a huge Batman fan and got to use two completely different styles of Batman in this movie. So yep. I cannot wait for two weeks from uh, yesterday to see this and uh, see where it leads to where DC is going. Um, they keep changing it up. Um, movies even been changed in CinemaCon showing. So yep. we'll see where it leads uh, DC and where it leaves DC off at, especially before Blue Beetle and Aquaman. Saw the Blue Beetle tra trailer today before uh, Spider-Verse. Yep trailer it, it just looks so amazing I know it, it came fucking out a few slaps ago. yeah, it yeah really i can good. i can't wait plus like i said i always support shiloh he seems like the most down-to-earth like star actor that yep. there can be right now so i cannot wait for that film um we talked about it last week and week before the fantastic four rumors of the cast it's as much as confirmed except for marvel's not confirming it until probably uh us uh, um san diego comic-con next month but Adam Driver is Reed Richards. Margot Robbie is Sue Storm. Paul Mescal is Johnny Storm. I don't know what he's been in, but um, but he uh, he's gonna be Johnny Storm and D David Diggs as Ben Grimm, the Thing. Um, that's pretty much the cast that it, that a lot of people are saying is the lineup that are locked in, and it will be announced next month at uh, Comic Con. So we will see. Interesting. For official news on that. Um, finally, in news, not a lot of news this week, but. Um, Miles, there was a lot of Spider-Man news that came out of the red carpet. Amy, Amy Pascal was on the red carpet. Officially announced that a live-action movie featuring Miles Morales was in the works. Um, we kind of had a big uh, hint about that last week in our notes that could happen. Yep. Um, and uh, it talked also talked about um, a fourth Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland also in the works. Um it has stalled because of the uh, writer strike, of course. Uh, yes. And uh, but it's it, but they are in the in the very beginning stages of that. 
Um, and, um, yeah, even Tom Holland said that, uh, that he confirmed it as well after the news came out. He wanted to talk about it as well. Um, sorry, I'm tired, so I'm having a hard time keeping up with the notes. Um, but she said when asked about the prospect of Miles making the jump to live screen, uh, live action, or anybody you see in the Spider-Verse movies making the jump to live screen, and says it's all happening uh, sooner than you expect as far as the Spider-Woman goes, uh, Spider-Woman solo mo uh, movie goes as well. Um, so, before I fall asleep here, let's talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I've been up since 2 a.m. We're recording at 7 o'clock now, so I am pretty worn out, so... Forgive me if this is the end of this is going to be a little dragged on. I'm going to try to get through it as quick as I can. But I did these notes right on the way home. Did it while I was home here waiting, waiting for you to get home to get sign on and do this. So I did get a couple of notes together. Um, the movie is fantastic. Visually stunning. Just like you knew that you were going to get that just like the first one from the get-go. Um, you pretty much knew what you were going to get going in. Um very beginning of the movie starts out with Gwen's backstory. You don't know much about it until this movie. Uh, kind of the first one, she just shows up in Miles' universe, um, was plucked out of hers, and you get her backstory um, of how the Peter Parker in her world did not have superpowers. She did. By the way, the voice of uh, Gwen's Peter was Jack Quaid. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Yep, I did. Okay, um... And well, I, the, I knew that he was in the movie. I didn't recognize his voice though when he was on yeah, screen. I, I knew he was one of the Spider-Man. Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize he was. And there's been so much casting with this movie. Yeah. Um, and the the vulture is attacking a museum, and the very first thing you see is this Renaissance painting, like a like a paper painting, like a uh, not a Picasso, a Da Vinci painting. When Da Vinci used to do his. Um, diagrams and, and, and stuff um, it was a Da Vinci like painting of the vulture come to life in a 2D world like a 3D world type of deal um, very cool I like that scene the Italian Renaissance yes. vulture um, and the, also the other thing that I liked about this was Peter, the Peter Parker of this world was the Kurt Connors lizard, he took the, he took the formula because he wanted to have powers because Gwen had powers, he wanted to be like Gwen so he ended up getting the powers of the lizard. He became the lizard in this universe, in Gwen's universe. Um, we'll talk about her store, her universe a little bit later. But um, this movie, all about Spider-Man, Spider-Universe, Spider-Verse. Spider, Spider -verse. Um, and I wanted to mention a couple of the Spider-Men of note that we see in this, in this, in this movie. Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, yep. voiced by Andy Samberg. This is, the, this is the role that he ended up doing. Um, Scarlet Spider, famous, popular in the 90s. 90s comic books popular by the overly muscled, uh, big, beefy <laughs> characters they had on the comic books. Um, um, of course, Deadpool came out of the 90s too, so it's, it's yep. all iconic for that. And they played off it a lot on this in, in a comedic way. Where every time Ben Riley was moving around, he was always posing and staring at, at, and being over descriptive of things that he was doing. Very funny. Um, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, a different version of that character as well. A pregnant Jessica Drew on a motorcycle. Um, I, don't, I don't know who the Spider Woman's going to be in the live action version, but this is the animated version, a different uh, African American version of her. Um, Spider Punk. Spider Punk. Played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya, whatever his name is, who was in Get Out. That's who that was. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Um, he was also in Wakanda. He was Forever. awesome. He was Spider in Punk Black was Panther. Great. Spider Punk was awesome. Yep. I liked him. Um, you see Spider Cat. You see Spider Rex, T Rex. 
Um, yep. You see the spe spectacular Spider-Man from the animated series that came out about 10, 15 years ago. Yep. Um, that's a Disney. That's a Disney property, I believe. Um, you see the Spider-Mobile, Peter parked car. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> a cool character, Spider-Bite. I liked her. I hope they explore that character a little bit further in the sequel. Um, and you see the return of Peter B. Parker yes. with a brand new baby, Mayday, named after May, of course. Um, and the main antagonist slash, um, I don't really know if it's an antagonist. He's more trying to save the multiverse or keep it, keep it together. Right. Spider-Man 2099. Um, yep. voiced by Oscar Isaac. I think he did a great job. Um, oh yeah, he was great. Um, that character was awesome. Yeah. And also we'll get into it now. The use of live action in this movie. A couple of scenes you see you see Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in a flashbacks. You see Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in flashbacks. You see a couple of scenes here and there that throw, that just throw, show them in the multiverse in some way, shape, or form. But probably the biggest thing that everybody, the biggest gasp from the theater, for, especially from you and I, was when they were showing the villains being in a prison. And you see Donald Glover from Spider-Man yep. Homecoming in one of these prisons dressed in full Prowler uniform. Yep. Um, of that course, was a good way of working in the uh, Tom Holland movies without having Tom Holland. And it, may, it may not even be that same Prowler. It could be another Prowler from another right. universe. Who knows? But a um, little bit of backstory. He was the inspiration for the comic book that Miles ended up being the new Spider-Man. Um, he was campaigning to be the next Spider-Man in 2010 after Tobey Maguire left. Um, ended up being yep. Andrew Garfield, but he was campaigning. Yeah, he wanted to, to be Miles. He wanted to be a black... Well, he wanted... No, this is before Miles was even part of the lexicon. He just wanted to be Spider-Man. I mean, I think he was on a community at the time. And he was campaigning for it, but they wouldn't They wouldn't cast him. Um, they ended up making Miles Morales. They took his likeness and kind of created the Miles Morales character in the comic book to be a lot like him. Um... But yeah, it was, it was because of his campaigning that did that. And he was in this movie, he was in Homecoming because of it too. Um, but Gwen's story, um, I liked I liked her story in this. We mentioned it in the beginning. And, and her universe has a lot of watercolors, a lot of uh, paint, a lot of light pastels like you mentioned in the very, very beginning yep. of the podcast today. Um, I did like that. There was a scene where a lot of dramatic shit was happening towards the end of the movie. And you notice the watercolors dripping in the background off of the background. Yep. Of the, it was almost like pages of the book. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a great visual. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Yep, nice touch. Um, the main villain of this movie and the next movie is The Spot. I've heard of The Spot. I know he's a Miles Morales villain. Um, yep. And the origin... Think, was he in the Miles game? I can't remember. I don't know. I, I think I he played was. It. Oh, he was? Okay. he was. I think. He might not have been, though. Okay, but the origin, the secret origin of him was he was the guy that Miles threw a bagel at his head when they were escaping Octavia Octavius's lair or yep. or laboratory in the first movie. So he got he got fired, or he ended up he ended up going into the collider. Collider exploded, and he got all these spots on him. It turned and it almost opened up these little portals. Um, the very beginning of the movie, he's starting trying to steal a ATM machine or an ATM and uh, yeah that was his secret origin he's the bad guy of this movie and uh, he's, he kind of feels like he is the nemesis the alt, the uh, the yin to, uh, to yes. Miles' yang they kept uh, making the joke too that he's the uh, bad guy of the week or whatever and he's like I'm not the bad guy of the week I'm your nemesis yep <laughs> yep um, but this movie did something that no other Marvel movie we haven't seen DC do it yet, but no other Marvel movie has done, and that is the multiverse. It was perfected in this movie. Yep. The mechanics of the multiverse, explaining the multiverse, explaining the different universes and how they react to each other. Uh, traveling the even traveling the multiverse was 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 amazing to see in this, um, and the ex explanation that um, that Spider-Man twenty nine and nine gives to how the multiverse is. And the incursions, you see the Loki incursions animated into this like web of life, which I thought was great. Um, yep. And then you find out that Miles is kind of like an, anom an anomaly. Um, 
very first movie, he's bitten by a spider that was not meant for his universe. It was meant for it was meant for Earth forty two. I can't remember what what Earth Miles is on, but it wasn't Earth forty two. Um, he wasn't supposed to be bit by a spider, so he's an anomaly. Um, everybody's kind of against him being Spider Man for that reason, especially Spider Man twenty nine um, nine, and he's trying to protect the multiverse, protect all the Spider Men. He's trying to create a wrong that he did himself when he tried to create a wrong using multiversal fuckery. So, um, and the thing about this movie is very slow. Probably after the intro is very slow up until the, that's what I was thinking. I was, I was halfway through. I was like, is this going to pick up? What are people like going off about in the uh, reviews? And, uh, yeah, it was not like slow, slow, but it was building up to what, the last half of the movie yeah, was very slow build. It wasn't even the last half. It's the last third of the movie. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything opens and you find out what's going on. Yep. Um, and it gives you actually no time for an actual ending, which we already knew going into this is going to be a two-parter. But yep. The movie leaves off with a huge reveal at the end, and it just kind of fades to black, and you're done until until nine months from now. But um, it's very Empire Strikes Back. Um, the reveals at the end. You're, you're they're on. Miles tries to go back home or get sent back home, but he gets. They have this machine uh, on uh, Spider-Man 2099's world where it sends him back to wherever their spider essence was from. Well, since the spider that bit him was from Earth 4042, um, Miles thinks his home back home in his world, but he's not. He's actually on Earth 42, where instead of his uncle Aaron dying it was actually his father who died and instead of his uncle Aaron becoming the prowler Miles is a prowler and that's the big reveal at the end and obviously setting up a good huge intro to the next movie which I can't wait to see Miles versus yeah. Miles um, March needs to come soon I know I think it comes and, out next uh, March. luckily it was already filmed so the writer's strike has nothing to do with it yeah. thank god um, and then Gwen builds a team at the end to save Miles, to save the multiverse. And you see the return of Spider-Man and, and Spider-Man Noir. They're joining this team to try to find Miles, try to save Miles. And uh, the mix of both old and new, I think. Um, I think uh, Spider-Bite was on there. And uh, I think Spider-Punk was there. Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. So there's there's a quite a, quite a team that she's developed to to, to save the multiverse, um, and Spot is also trying to destroy Miles' world, destroy Miles' yep. parents. So big, huge, big, huge cliffhanger at the end. No ending. No no after credit scenes at all after as well. So um, we're gonna follow up on it next week um, and. Kind of give a little bit of speculation on where this is going to go next next yes. March, um, once we once we listen to a few podcasts and, and look at notes throughout the week and get more information of this movie. Um, there's so plus, much to miss in so this much. movie. Like every frame, there was something in it. Um, just like little things, like uh, the cops' badge of NYPD says PDNY. Yeah, I saw um, that. Just there's very little things. There's subtle stuff. I'm sure there's a ton of Easter eggs we missed. Uh, they threw a ton of stuff into this movie. Every frame of this movie could be put on a poster. When they're on and hung on a wall. When they're on twenty Spider Man twenty ninety nine's world and all the Spider Men are chasing Miles. Yeah. If you were to freeze frame every single image of that, you probably would see Spider Man like like the Insomniac Spider Man from the video game is in there. Yep. Um, I didn't mention him, but there's Spider-Man that I'm sure we didn't even see that were probably hidden in the background. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Probably Spider-Man from the uh, animated series from the 90s, I'm sure, is there too somewhere. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, great fucking movie. Uh, four and a half for me. Um, it's it's uh, I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, the ending is very, very abrupt. <laughs> it was very, just no, no, uh, no, pay, no, uh, besides a cliffhanger, no real payoff at the end. It, it just yeah. feels like a half a story, pretty much. So. Similar to Dune. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a five, just like the other one. I really enjoyed it. Um, they're both like soft fives, um, but I enjoyed this one immensely, especially the second half of the film. 
um, and it looks beautiful. Every single uh, scene looks like a page from a comic book. Uh, yeah, I just I really enjoyed it a yes, lot. It's stunning. It, it looks really, really good in the animation. Um, yeah. I don't think the music was as good. There wasn't a catchy song like that fucking Post Malone song that I've had in my head since yeah. we watched that movie last week. Um, but yeah, great movie. Yeah. Look, looking forward to the next one, and we'll talk about it more next week, I'm sure, once we, once we make some more notes. So, so next week we'll talk about Ted Lasso. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll uh, we'll watch whatever else we watch. Is there anything else you watched? I didn't even ask you. Anything else you watched this week? No, not working? really. Of note, we'll uh, we'll talk. I'm watching a show now. We'll talk about it at some point. We don't have much to talk about. Okay, um, cool. Which is coming up soon because we don't have many shows coming out until. After Indie, which is when Secret Wars comes out or whatever. Yep. Secret, uh, is it yeah. Secret Wars, Secret Invasion? What's the couple, TV show? S- Secret Invasion that comes out in a couple weeks. So. Okay, yeah, and then Secret Wars, the movie, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, until then, we don't really have much to talk about, so I'll slip it in there one of those days because I okay. want to talk to you about it. And plus, I want to watch Dave. I, I, might, I actually may watch that this yes. weekend and next. Okay. Um, we'll I got to catch week. up. Uh, I think the finale was last week or it, maybe it was it's this, next week. It was week. this week, too. I'm about, okay, I'm like three episodes behind on Dave. Okay. We'll talk about that maybe next week. I might, I might try to get into it. So that's yeah. it for our show. I'm going to go pass out now. So everybody, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Later.